by the time the Merseyside Derby comes around Sunday, I have a feeling we're not going to be in first place anymore. And let me tell you, folks, if that's the case, it's going to be a real dark pot. It's going to get worse. It's going to get dark. It's going to get darker. It's going to get darker because the Champions League second leg will be coming around that first leg being go low either. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. All right, here on the Yak Sports Podcast, we're bringing on Mike Barber on first thing because the biggest news in the nation really is UVA winning the national championship. And since Joe and I are not prone to saying positive things about UVA, they they they're do it. Uh, they've earned positive comments, so we'll bring somebody on to do that. Mike, thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me again, guys. All right, so uh, you you were at the games. You were covering the games directly. We were following you on Twitter all weekend. You know, talk about these games. I mean, going back to last week, it was an epic finish, but then two epic finishes this this weekend in the Final Four here. You know, talk about these games and, and, and how they played out and uh, your reaction to them as they were happening. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting aspects of that part of the run, when you think about three straight games that are you know decided in the final seconds and, and so much can happen, one way or the other, uh, I think to me it started with that Gardner-Webb first-round game because all of the pressure uh, of last year and UMBC came back when they were down at the half. Uh, and the way the group, um, I thought, struggled at first to deal with that and then regrouped at halftime, once they came through that game, uh, there was a calmness about this team that didn't leave them when they got into some ridiculous situations. I mean, uh, by all means, at the end of the Purdue game is a bad spot to be in if you're a basketball team, uh, and yet they pulled it out. And the end of the Auburn game was a bad spot to be in, uh, and they pulled it out. And certainly last night uh, against Texas Tech, that's a bad spot to be in to, to give up a, a 10-point lead that late in a ball game, But I really thought that the, the poise they showed in the second half against Gardner-Webb in the first round, it was something that never left this team uh, for the rest of the NCAA tournament. And, you know, we can break down, you know, each of those games and each of those plays and, you know, the, the miracle that was the forcing overtime against Purdue where you miss the free throw, you get the back tap, uh, you get the freshman point guard, gets the ball up to Mamadi Diakite and hits about the 12-foot shot over a 7-foot defender. And when I talked to Matt Painter after the game, the Purdue coach, he told me everything in that play went the way Purdue wanted, uh, except for the part where the ball went in the hoop. So, uh, but there, there was a calmness about this group that, that I think carried them to where they ended up uh, finishing. You know, talk about the, some of those specific call, non-calls, specifically in the, in the Auburn game. Um, you know, a lot has been said about that over the weekend and the lead-up to the national championship game, and even after they after they won it. You know, there's still a lot of talk about those calls down the stretch of the Auburn game. You know, talk about your view of those plays uh, in the moment particularly um, and what you thought, how it played out, and, uh, you know, relate that to what you've seen covering basketball for however many years you've covered it. Yeah, I mean, certainly the big call there is, is the foul on the three in the corner, and uh, it yeah. was the right call. And, you know, I'm one of those yeah. guys who always grew up with the – you don't call that there kind of mentality, but um, yeah, I had a coach explain it to me once. Why would you not call it there? Because how could a team get off a, a game-winning attempt or a game-tying attempt if you're going to let them foul? So um, so I think that call, not too many people argue with that call. I think it was the right call, and I, I think the old argument of why would you call it there, I think we've all moved past that. Now, the other two missed calls, the, the foul where the Auburn defender grabs Jerome's jersey uh, and the double dribble by Jerome that follows, 
in real time, did not see those. In real time, the people I was sitting with on press row did not see those. Really, none of us were aware there was a controversy about all that until we got into the uh, interview room and people started texting and tweeting. And, you know, first you get a picture of the double dribble and the rules explanation, which I thought was excellent, by the way, from Gene's territory. It really explained yeah. it. And you say, okay, that's clearly a double dribble. It should have been called. And then it's only a few moments before that that you start getting the still frames of the tug of the jersey and the foul that led to the double dribble, and you realize that <laughs> should have been called. And I, I think once once you kind of let the dust settle, and for me it was going back to the media hotel, cracking open a beer and, and, and watching the replays, <laughs> uh, you realize it probably all ended up uh, the way it should. And, you know, if you're a UVA fan, you're going to scream about the foul that wasn't called. And if you're an Auburn fan, you're going to scream about the double dribble that wasn't called. But uh, if you're anybody else, I think you just say, okay, those two sort of offset and, that's the nice thing about it. It wasn't, it wasn't a questionable call on the actual three-point shot. It was something earlier, so both teams had their chance to overcome yeah. what was called or what wasn't called. And it's just crazy looking at, at those plays where if the officials call anything on either of those two plays, um, how that could affect what happened after that, what naturally did happen after that. But then also last night in the national championship game, you know, there's the instant replay where the ball barely touches the finger, and if they don't even go look at the replay, Texas Tech's getting the basketball. There's just so many plays where it could, if it just gets called, it, it, go, it changes the whole perplexion of the game. It, it's really interesting just to look at and, and acknowledge the look that as good as UVA is, as good as they put themselves in these situations to be there, you know, it still took some luck, and it still took some things that could go either way. And even, you know, what if they do call the foul against Jerome uh, before the double dribble? You know, that's a, that's in favor of UVA, but it could have hurt them. It's just very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and more important than that, I know everybody likes to get caught up in the officials and, and what happened yeah. or didn't happen. But from a luck standpoint, think about the fact that Ty Jerome, who's so great driving the lane and shooting that little pro drop floater, the shot he missed. If he makes that shot, they probably lose this game. And he mentioned that in the post game. If he makes that shot, uh, and, and it ends up being still a one point game, more time off the clock, they probably don't end up winning this game, or certainly not in the way they did. Um, so yeah, I mean, in, in, and that's the thing about a great basketball game, and, and really all of the games, the Final Four, and a lot of the games that we saw before that were great basketball games. If you're playing within a two or three shot margin, every little thing is going to make a difference, and. Um, I thought it did absolutely in both those games uh, in Minneapolis. Yeah, you you have got a lot of good points there, Mike. And I, watching the game, I, the replay that Leland was talking about in the national championship game, I in the moment being very pro Texas Tech in the moment, I also was like, well, you know, I guess we're not going to call the reach on Kyle Guy there that allowed uh, Hunter to reach in there and slap it off his fingertips at the last second. But I agree with you. Uh, to me, if you're blaming the officials in either game, you're probably missing a broader point of both Auburn and Texas Tech had chances to beat UVA, and they didn't. And UVA did just enough to win those games. Was there a little bit of luck? Maybe. Um, but, you know, when you're cutting down the nets, you you obviously deserve some credit yeah. um, and credit to them for that. But I do want to ask you about also just the city. Uh, you went to Minneapolis for the Final Four. What what was your impressions of Minneapolis, Minnesota? Yeah, you know, the thing about a Final Four is there's so much to do. You don't get a lot of time to see the city. Um, so, obviously, when you think of 
Minnesota, Minneapolis. You think of Prince, uh, Paisley Park. They have tours of the studio and everything, and that was on my to-do list. It never got done. Uh, <laughs> everybody talks about the Mall of America. I hit it on the way to the airport this morning. Uh, <laughs> so Minneapolis was a wonderful host city. I had great meals, uh, really enjoyed the the media parties at night, but um, I'll be honest, I have not seen a lot of Minneapolis. I spent most of my time in the stadium, in the interview room, or in the workroom, so uh, maybe another point, uh, I'll take the family and we'll we'll make a trip there and, and actually see what we missed. We talk about some of the media stuff. I mean, we're we're two guys that, you know, travel around, particularly in the fall, to different events, and now it's VHSL, so uh, not exactly... Uh, getting put up media parties sounds like a foreign thing to me but talk about just some of the media logistics and you know what's yeah it's, it's probably a nice a nice time to be a media guy you know you probably have uh, a nice thing to go to do so talk about some of those yeah and it, it is it's, and you know it's just the other writers and, and the other journalists who make it a really good time um i'll give a lot of credit to uh, pete bamel he puts together every year the, the media pickup basketball game uh you know most of us still think we can play basketball. Most of us cannot. <laughs> uh, but he puts together. Yeah, it gives you an opportunity to prove you wrong. But we got to go out, and uh, and thanks to the University of Minnesota, they let us use their, their practice facility. Uh, so we got to play, you know, two three hours of pickup basketball uh, on one of the lighter days. Um, Very cool. You know, a lot of media guys, a lot of college coaches, college assistants. Um, you know, guys like me played a game or two, tried to avoid shooting the ball so I didn't embarrass myself, and and then got off the court. Um, and then we also, you know, collect some money, give that to charity. So events like that are really special. And, um, you know, certainly the, the dinners and, and things like that, it's, it's nice to get together with a lot of these sports writers. Everybody thinks, you know, oh, everybody's friends, but we don't see each other as much as you think because, you know, I'm going with UVA and somebody's going with Carolina and somebody's going with Duke. And um, a really close friend of mine happened to cover Purdue. I, I saw him the round before. Uh, a really close friend of mine works as an associate commissioner in one of the leagues got to see him at the final four. So um, it, it's sort of like a, a big reunion, but a little bit too much work to really fully enjoy it. But um, <laughs> I would never complain. It's, it's still a very good time. All right. I wanted to ask about, you know, the fan following big stadium there. And uh, it was full of people, you know, talk about uh, the UVA fans, like what kind of percentage of them uh, were, the, you know, filled the stadium, uh, their presence in the city. Um, and, uh, you know, a little bit of their reaction following the winning and, and the celebration. Yeah, I can tell you there's a lot of them here at the airport in Chicago with me, too, because uh, <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of people were trying to get out of town today, and I know some states have to fly home tomorrow. But, um, yeah, I thought the stadium, for the most part, I thought um, Auburn and, and Michigan State, the two teams, ironically, that lost, I thought they had the largest fan contingent uh, in the stadium. Um, but certainly by the time the championship game rolled around, uh, Texas Tech had a huge following there. I think Virginia had a, a really good following, especially when you consider the fact that Minneapolis isn't uh, an easy trip if you're a UVA fan or a Texas Tech fan uh, or an Auburn fan, really, for that matter. So uh, I thought the, the fans who traveled were great. I thought the fans who were there locally were great. And so many people in the stands there will be people who work in college basketball. Uh, I thought because the games were so good, uh, it really made the atmosphere so good. You know, that's a big part of atmosphere. It doesn't matter how many people you put in a stadium or an arena. If you have a lopsided blowout game, it's going to be quiet. It's not going to be a great environment. <laughs> Excuse me. But if you have a, a game that, like the games we had, I think the crowd gets into it, uh, whether they're partisan or not. And I thought it ended up being a great atmosphere. I had some questions because I haven't covered a lot of events in 
football stadiums that are hosting basketball games. Um, but I thought at the end of the day, it was a great day. It was a great atmosphere and environment to play in. Mike, UVA wins the national championship this year. They've got a lot of underclassmen not graduating a lot. How many of these people do you expect to come back? Uh, how many? What's what's the outlook for UVA basketball next year? I could yeah, as I asked it. DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter is going to leave. Um, you know, he's a NBA lottery pick, and I don't know many people who would advise you uh, if you have a chance to be a top five pick. I don't know many people who would advise you to come back. Uh, so, uh, by all accounts, and, and speaking with the coaches, they anticipate DeAndre leaving. Ty Jerome, really, to me, is the interesting one. I think Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy will both put their names in for consideration in the NBA draft. I think they'll both probably avoid signing with an agent so that they uh, have some flexibility and have a chance to, to withdraw. Um, Ty Jerome, I think there's a better chance of him leaving early than Kyle Guy. I've seen projections that have him as early as a, a late first-rounder. And I don't know that Ty will improve his stock by coming back. Um, everybody kind of knows what he is. Um, and I don't know that uh, coming back is going to change that. Um, however, he, he loves playing at UVA. And you know, the guys talked a lot about that after the championship. And in some ways, uh, winning the championship might have made it more likely uh, that a guy like Ty Jerome or even a guy like Kyle, Kyle Guy might leave early. Had they still had something to prove, I think they're coming back. Now it's a little more of a choice, but at the end of the day, I think Hunter is gone. He'll go to the NBA draft. Ty Jerome, I'd say, is probably 50-50. Uh, and Kyle Guy, I would expect to be back at UVA next season. Do you think, I mean, would you say, given that, uh, let's say let's say Jerome comes back and Guy comes back, how realistic would you put UVA's odds at being at this point again next year? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't love anyone's odds of repeating in the NCAA tournament. It, it's such a hard tournament to win. You know, it's up there, I think, with the World Cup and, and the Stanley Cup Finals in terms of it's just hard to get that job done. Um, but it, to your point, will they be that quality team again? Yeah, I think it's I think Jerome are back. Uh, UVA will be right up near the top of the ACC again and have a really good chance to contend. Um, even if they lose one, uh, they've got some guys who didn't play. They've got some recruits coming in that I'll probably redshirt the seven foot kid, but uh, Casey Morsel, a very talented guard. I, I would expect him to be a guy who has a chance to play right away. So I don't think Virginia is going to take a huge step back, but the idea of, of winning back-to-back NCAA tournaments, again, for my money, it's, it's one of the harder trophies to win in sports and, and to do it twice in a row is a pretty tall ask. I don't want to jump into the Virginia Tech basketball coaching topic, really, uh, just because I know you've been focused on the Final Four. I'm sure you know plenty, um, but, I mean, it's already hired, so we'll move on to that. But it made me think today, when UCLA this morning was still an open job, what uh, – Tony Bennett, is he, is he, does he want to coach in the NBA? What kind of job would it take to pull him away? I mean, after us as Hokie fans have our coach taken from us uh, – Texas A&M, you know, what, what job would it take for Tony Bennett to leave UVA or is he a lifer? Yeah, I, I think he's pretty close to a lifer. Um, I think he's very proud of what he built. I think you think about what his dad did uh, at Wisconsin and in, in one area, not just at one school, but in one area for such a long time. And um, I don't think Tony has any designs on going anywhere else. I, I told a million radio stations in LA that, the UCLA rumor was just ridiculous. Um, yeah. That is not a job that was going to appeal to Tony Bennett. But Los Angeles, that lifestyle, that traffic, uh, that attention, that's not something he craves. Now, 
that's a great job for a lot of people because of those things. A lot of people would view that as a very positive thing, but, but not for Tony Bennett. And I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe there's a job in college basketball that could pull him away uh, from UVA. He's well paid. He's well supported. I think when people come around and and call and make inquiries about Tony, all that does is get his assistant coaches a raise <laughs> because I, I don't yeah. see him rising now. It's possible in a few years the only thing that would maybe lower him would be the NBA because he's very self-deprecating and, and humorous when he talks about his NBA career. Um, Tony Bennett was a good NBA player. When, when you're a, a backup point guard in the NBA and you're playing 13 to 15 minutes a game, you're one of the world's elite athletes. Right. Um, he sort of shrugs it off like, no, I, I wasn't a very good player. Well, if you're a backup point guard in the NBA, you are an exceptionally good player. Uh, I think there's a part of him that probably would love to – to test his chops, so to speak, on that level. And I think he's the kind of coach who translates, um, not unlike a Brad Stevens. Uh, he's not a big rah-rah guy, right? He's not about screaming on the sideline. He's about X's and O's and matchups and, you know, keeping everybody poised and reminding them that if they do what they're supposed to do, they're going to win. And it was kind of one of the themes of this run, and, and I think that fits in the NBA. So maybe down the line, a little later in his career, uh, if things get too easy <laughs> at UVA, I could see him buying that, but the reality is in the ACC, you're going against some of the best coaches, against some of the best players uh, really in the world, and, and I don't know that I don't know that anyone's going to get bored in that position. All right, Mike, well, we'll get you yeah. out of here on this one. Um, we know you have a flight from Chicago back to the homeland here in the Commonwealth. Um, what are you going to be watching on that plane ride, or are you just going to be straight sleeping? <laughs> I'll probably take a nap, because <laughs> it's been a while since I had a full night of sleep. It's really about time for me to start bumming up on Tech spring football. I've got the spring game coming up on Saturday, uh, some interviews tomorrow. So um, I studied up pretty well on Mike Young and Wofford. I think I'm good there. It's time to get back into uh, football, believe it or not. But I might take a day in between to, to rest and, and do nothing. All right. Well, we thank you for joining us again here on the Yak Sports Podcast. I know you've been busy and we've been bugging you the past couple of weeks, but we really appreciate you taking <laughs> the time. Not a problem. I enjoy talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on the show. All right, back here for more Yak Sports Podcast. Really appreciate Mike Barber jumping on with us from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Um, lots of good information there. Covered a lot of the stuff we are going to talk. We wanted to talk about today. But let's hit on a couple of those things um, real quick. You know, UVA deserves – Joe Deck is with me. Joe, <laughs> yes. you, UVA deserves credit. They, they do. Won. They did everything we said they couldn't. We said you can't win in that style – they got their better offense and they did it. They, we said this year, what their problems were. They fought through it. They got in a tournament. They were seated where they were seated. It doesn't matter. It really just doesn't matter. People have been defensive about them, about, you know, the comments of like, well, you didn't have to face Duke early in the tournament or you didn't have Michigan state or you didn't, they, they were seated and they won the darn thing. So I'm giving them credit. I, and I'm really not trying to say it in a backhanded way. They had to fight through some hard teams. Purdue was a really good team. Purdue looked really good before Virginia played them, too, and that was a heck of a ball game. Auburn was on a heck of a run, and they took Auburn's best shot. And then Texas Tech was hot. They they deserved to win the tournament. If they play that tournament again, you might get a different Final Four, much less a different champion. So UVA did what they had to do. They won the tournament that everybody else was trying to win. Yeah, uh, look, this is hard for me to say, and I'm only going to say it once. But congratulations, 
congratulations to UVA. They did. And you're right. They played the teams that they had to play. Um, they can't help who lost to other teams along the way. I've got news for you. If Purdue had won that UVA Purdue game, then I think Purdue would have cut down the nets last night, but UVA won it and UVA ended up cutting down the nets. Um, so good for them. Uh, it's, it's a good win for UVA. Uh, it further credits Tony Bennett. Um, you and I have already said, we thought Tony Bennett was a good coach. I think this does winning a national championship at this point does make him a great coach. I still don't think he's the best coach in the country. Um, but I think he is a great coach and I, I think this just fuels that program. And I think we see, I don't, Maybe they don't make it to the Final Four next year, but I think we'll see UVA in another Final Four sooner rather than later. And uh, as you heard Barber talk about, contending. I think I think Barber hit it on the head. I I thought Tony Bennett is a lifer, and I think he's going to be there. I don't think he's going to leave. Like Virginia Tech fans had to deal with Buzz leaving. I don't think we see that with Bennett. And I think that just makes UVA a program that contends with Duke and UNC. You're in, you're out. I mean, I want to win a national championship. I want to do uh, everything that's good. I am jealous that it seems like they have a lifer as their coach because I feel burned by Buzz. Um, I'm, you know, it could be worse. I could be more negative about Buzz leaving, but I, I do. You know, I, I liked Frank Beamer and I liked what we had there. And uh, even if it carried on a little on, I, I'm just a guy that likes stability and not a bunch of coaching changes and all that. So I, if I'm jealous of anything. I'm jealous that they have a coach that seems locked in and not going to go anywhere. I never felt comfortable that Buzz was just there forever. I, I knew he was going to go at some point. Um, I, I think his style is that way. I don't think he's going to be at Texas A&M forever, even though it's a coming home kind of job for him. I, I just, I am jealous of that. The rest of it, I'm not jealous. I'm, I'm, I'm not jealous of the national championship just because I want to win our own. I'm not jealous of theirs. I just, I want to win ours. Wow. Um, and and we're gonna wait a while for that. And I know we'll that, be dead and gone but, before um, that happens. So they waited a long time too. And so um, for the fans of UVA that um, don't irritate me on Facebook, <laughs> I'm happy for the rest of them. The ones that irritate me on Facebook irritate me on Facebook, whether they win or lose. So I don't know what the difference is. Yeah. But uh, enjoy the moment. That's that's my biggest point about all this. And I almost had a Facebook post. I stayed off social media. Just because I, you know, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything. I, I just wanted to remind them to enjoy this time because look how much luck. And I made this point with Barber. Look how much luck it took just to win this thing. And they're a good team and deserve to be there. And they still required a lot of luck to win the thing. So, I mean, just like Duke took a couple games there of some lucky falls to win two and then lose one. Like, it's just that's how this tournament goes. That's how the game of basketball is set up. And when you're Virginia, who doesn't seem to pull away from teams, you're going to have to deal with a lot of close games. And man, they did it here. They had all the luck go their way. One thing goes different. Everything's different. But it didn't. And they won. Yeah. And um, look, Jeff picked UVA to win it all. He was right. He, did. he won the bracket. It, it, he won the bracket. And we'll have him on at some point. Um at some point in the future. And yeah, look, I know, I know he gets a little angry at us sometimes because we go a little too anti UVA on here, Pro- but probably deservedly. So <laughs> yeah, if you're a UVA fan and you don't like everything we say, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I wouldn't either if I was a UVA fan. Um, but we've probably gone too strong at times. And, uh, I, I, 
I validate that. I will say this. <laughs> Leland and I are going to get negative about it here in a minute, but don't <laughs> let what don't let what anybody has to say about it ruin this moment. Like you said, enjoy it. Um, I know when I was, you know, as a Ravens fan, when we beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl, there were people saying, oh, those pass reference in the end zone. Oh, that was a hold. And Ray Lewis is a terrible person. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, Ray Lewis is a terrible person. He is. I'm not going to defend Ray Lewis as a person. <laughs> that being said, we won a Super Bowl and get over it. Um, so, yeah, you shouldn't let this ruin. You shouldn't let any Virginia Tech fan or any fan, for that matter, ruin your yeah. moment. You you did it. You proved the entire country wrong. Tony Bennett won a national championship playing defense first. I think he did get some more scores than he had when he started. Yeah. That helped. He adjusted. That helped, but he won a national championship. Would not be shocked if he wins another one in his time at UVA the way he's going because he's getting better recruits each year, which is a problem if you're a Virginia Tech fan. But for UVA fans, um, I think you got a lifer and you should enjoy it. Yeah, I, I second that. And uh, yeah, we're, we, we've, we've been rolling about UVA a lot this season and uh probably someone should go back and get all those recordings and, and just make a whole half hour of us wrong. We've, we've dedicated hours talking against UVA and they proved us wrong. They shut us up. Jeff will do it. Yep. Um, I, I, I welcome him to do it if he wants to. Um, <laughs> now let me tell you who's to blame for this. Um, <laughs> let's start. And you in my family room a year ago. <laughs> let's start with the easy uh, blames. The Texas tech red Raiders. They played horrible basketball. Some of it was good defense by UVA. A lot of it was. But there were numerous possessions where I had no idea what the game plan was. And that Culver kid, if he plays in the NBA, someone better get his eyes checked before he steps on an NBA floor. Because that kid, and his brain checked, because that kid literally lost Texas Tech the game with some of his decision making. It was horrible decision making. He went started the game 0 for 8 from the field. I know he made some shots to get him back in the game on one of their runs, but the last two runs he had nothing to do with, and I just felt he was an absolute terrible basketball player that I found myself just cursing the entire final five, seven minutes it felt like of the game, and I just did not care for a Culver in that ball game. I also blame Texas Tech for beating Michigan State and Gonzaga, two teams that I think would have beaten UVA had they been in that game. Um, but look again, <laughs> I'm not going to say UVA take, don't enjoy it because all you did was beat Texas tech because that's who was in front of you. You can't yep. help that nope. Texas tech beat those teams. That's who beat those teams. And that's who you played. And that's who you beat. And that's fine. Um, that being said, very disgusted with Texas tech for even doing that. <laughs> um, who else you is to blame? Hope. Yeah. Who else <laughs> is to blame for this? UMBC, because I think as much as I enjoyed watching them beat UVA, if they hadn't, I don't think last night happens. I don't think UVA is motivated to the point where they win a national championship. I think that had everything to do with it. Um, so thanks yeah, a lot. I mean, it's, as a fan of, of uh, the fan I am, you know, it's been the ultimate ride and it's been the exact opposite of UVA's. Last year's tournament, that game happened and it was as high as my UVA hate couldn't be. I was just happy as I could be. And then now we've traveled full circle to the bottom of the depths of what it could be. And 
so, uh, you know, to that point, I've had a week of everybody trying to convince me that I should be rooting for Virginia because no. they're close to me or they're in the ACC. No, I don't have to like them. I don't, I don't understand this feeling people have that, like, why should I cheer for their team? Then you want me to share in joy of your team? Like, I hate your team. I spend hours a week on a podcast, not, not hours each week, but uh, time every week talking bad about UVA. Just like I cannot like it. I can be unhappy about it. That's part of the fan experience is not being happy sometimes. J- Joe lives in that. So yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I just I don't understand why this there's this need for communal. Reach out to your fellow UVA fans and enjoy them winning. I don't have to like it. And I haven't. And it's a terrible time to feel that way. Like it's is the worst time to not like UVA. But it is how I feel, and at some point, I hope my team can bring me the joy that they just experienced. They won't. So, okay, I'm just telling you that now. <laughs> will never happen in Blacksburg. We will never have what happened last night in Charlottesville. Won't happen in our lifetime. Um, and you know what? If UVA is going to be on a run of winning national championships, then, yeah, I don't care. Uh, this global warming stuff, I don't care about it anymore. Burn all the glaciers. <laughs> let's let's end the planet. Up. Yeah, let's. I don't need to be here for this. Um, I'm okay. But <laughs> all right, not any more any more hate to talk. I, I want to move on to what. Let's move what on. Our, uh, yeah, I don't. Last week I missed the podcast. I'm I'm healthy. Everybody, uh, I got multiple. I won't say several, but multiple inquiries of my health, the phrasing of my illness, uh, might've left people hanging a little bit last week, but I'm fine. I'm on the podcast. I'm I'm here to talk bad about UVA like normal. So, uh, it was a temporary illness. It knocked me down, but we're back. Uh, I didn't even go to a doctor, so it was nothing that serious. Way Um, to downplay. I didn't get to talk about Buzz's potential leaving. Uh, and since last week, Buzz has fully left and we have fully hired a new coach in his place. And uh, I have lots of thoughts, but I'll, I'll listen to some of yours to begin with. Okay, so my thoughts, if I may, let's rewind to right before we released the podcast last week. Um, I was thinking about this, and this it won't be an every week thing. It won't even be an every segment thing. But this is the song that I feel would be the soundtrack to that moment, was Billy Joel's And So It Goes, because... In that moment, when you're when we think he's going to go, but we're not 100% sure, we are basically sing, giving our love to Buzz, begging him not to go. We're saying, yeah. look, oh, yeah. if if we didn't love you enough, then we're sorry. Uh, it was <laughs> it was because we didn't want to scare you. Um, but please, we give our heart to you. Please don't break it. And then he breaks it. Um, but which is life. Yeah, the longer it went on, I I thought it's. it's I told you, I I told you when the rumor started and his initial comments came out, I was like, I don't love those comments. Yeah. Um, and for good reason, he's gone now. Look, in the moment when it first happened, I was like, look, thanks, Buzz. It was great. Thank you for everything you've done. You've built this program (laughs) to a place that I didn't think I was going to see. Wish you the best of luck. But as I've continued to see more and more Texas A&M posts on a daily occurrence, exactly, exactly, I can't do it. I no longer am rooting for Buzz. I hope he fails at Texas (laughs) A&M. And look, it means we have a new coach. It means the new coach is, I'm sorry, Mike Young is not going to take us to a top 15 ranking, I don't think. 
I hope I'm wrong, actually. Um, I, I just definitely not next year. Okay, let me okay, let me rewind all of this. <sighs> Mike Young. How do I feel about Mike Young? I love it compared to Odom. Odom would have been an awful hire. That would have been a troll of a hire that would have set this program back to the Jamie Johnson era because that guy was a one-game wonder. That I, was a three-hour uh, what-if on Saturday for anybody that wasn't aware. That was being reported there, by multiple outlets, by the way, which is total shoddy journalism. Just, yeah, it was Washington Post and uh, WDBJ out of Roanoke. So, like, not uh, just fake media. Yeah, like not Yak I. Sports. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Mike Young, when I heard that, I was like, okay, Wofford was really good. He's been to the tournament five years with Wadford or Wofford. Um, he's been pretty good. Um, I'm actually okay with this hire. I think this is, you know, as I told you, I would have loved just curiosity to seeing who else was on the list. Um, but that being said, I don't have a problem with Mike Young being the head coach. I think next year is going to be a giant step backwards because you're going to lose a lot to the, oh, we're losing everybody. Yeah. Everyone's going. The, the biggest question right now is, is Blackshear staying or going? Man, I hope he's staying, but I expect him to go. Was, I had my concerns of what next year. I, I didn't see us uh, oh, are on, you the, kidding? on the same. Buzz ride. recruited four of the top ticket. 100 recruits of this class. I think we would have been just fine. Now, all of those are gone. Have fallen off. I just I wasn't optimistic that we were like a top four ACC seed. I think we would have been a top four ACC seed. Uh, then I, uh, like I did before, I wish he stayed. <laughs> yeah, no, Buzz is gone. Those recruits are gone. Mike Young's got yeah. some work. Uh, I Everybody's think the transfer portal next year. Next year, if Virginia Tech is in the top half of the ACC, job well done. Um, that's, oh my goodness! That's yeah. yeah. That is the new expectation of Virginia Tech. It's back to the old expectation. Let's hope we finish but, in the but, top half. We're probably a borderline. That's, that's for next year. Yeah, we're a borderline NCAA tournament, probably NIT team next year. I think. Um. And if, you know, if we, if we outdo that, then great. Uh, I think yep. you fans are going to have to be patient. Some of the fans on Twitter, I thought were crazy. Um, I don't know who they thought was coming through the door in both directions. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them were like, this is the greatest hire ever. And I was like, uh, okay. I mean, we don't know. Um, I, and then some of them were, what are we doing? Mike Young doesn't deserve this job, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, no. Um, I, I don't get that. Like, are those, do those people Mark think, Hugh. do those people think Jay Wright or like Tom Izzo is going to come to Virginia Tech? I don't know who they expected. All those tweets and they're insane. Per like people need to check on those people. Like, I I'm sorry, but uh, do you think we're just going to be calling people left and right and we just get whoever we want? I mean, I don't get those. I don't get who they think we're bringing through the door. From what Wit said, um, you know, he narrowed, he had like 16 people on his list. He narrowed it down to six and then, and he chose Yon from there. And I imagine that six was pretty similar to the, to the list we were seeing on Twitter with Wojo and Seton Hall's coach. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I that one would I not have excited me. Well, yeah. And I don't want to spend too much time on people we didn't hire, but I assume it was in that ballpark of coaches. But when I saw tweets talking about Mark, view from Gonzaga yeah. and talk about Jay Wright, like legit, like not just ton in cheek tweet, like holy crap. People are actually thinking that's like who we'd be going after. Hey, we're not going to pay them that money. Like I assume yeah, we offered coming. buzz money on his way out the door. 
but I, I think we it was matched. still less than what he was getting from Texas A&M. I think we matched, and he just wanted to really go to Texas. And that's fine. If that's where he wants to go, okay, I can't stop him. So I'm, I'm going to hit on that. And, w- and the way you describe that, the stuff on Twitter, like my group that I talk with from Virginia Tech on a nightly basis, basically, it was so much like we got left by uh, a girlfriend and our reactions went that way. I mean, it was kind of hilarious. And that's exactly what people started saying on Twitter with the uh, with the Twitter following of Buzz. And I, we were getting people were making videos of them unfollowing Buzz. We had that in our group, like kind of before <laughs> people were doing it on Twitter. Like it was like an, a ex girlfriend and pictures of her new boyfriend. And it it is too much to handle. Like I can't I can't when he's getting off the plane, when he's saying all that, when he's talking about Johnny Manziel. Oh my goodness, that made me want to vomit. That um, picture did make him, me want to throw up. Yeah. Him there with Jimbo Fisher. I was just like, I I don't like just the same as I didn't need to root for the team just over the mountain from me. I don't have to root for Buzz from here. I don't really wish him poor. I don't I do. hope it's an absolute failure, I don't think, yep. but I'm not gonna root for him. And honestly, how hot our new girlfriend is is probably really matters on how how I think about Buzz. Like how nice of a time I have with my new girlfriend and uh, you know, what we're doing and um, you know, is it leading somewhere? I want that to be positive before I have a time to think about Buzz's happiness from here. So I, I want, I want Yon to be a good coach. I know we're going to take a step back, but I want us to can have hope in the future. And as long as it's that moving that way, then here in three years, I can maybe be smile that Buzz is, you know, doing something similar down at Texas A&M as long as it doesn't get in our way. No. But right now I'm not feeling it. And I'm not, I'm, I unfollowed him. I I'm, it, it hurts. It hurts too much because we really got somewhere we hadn't been before. And we really thought we could do something. We really thought we could do something. And it's just over all of a sudden over. We, we peaked and it's over. It's not a draw back down. It's just fall off a cliff. It hurts. Um, buzz is gone. I'm over it. Uh, I'm over him. I don't want him to do well. I hope he fails. I hope he gets fired in three years. Uh, or less. <laughs> and then I hope he's looking for a job and can't find one. Um, so, and I hope Mike I Young, I, I hope in three is, years, I just don't think it's going to go that way. I think I don't built, either. He's going to build Texas A&M into what we were. They're going to be in the top 15 in three years and it's going to be disgusting. Hopefully Mike Young, succeed, but I don't think he's there. I don't, and then six years, I, I wonder if he's there. I think he's just a short term coach. Yeah, we'll see. I, not, Texas is probably the only one that lures him away. And here's the thing. I thought if he waited another year at Virginia Tech, I think he would have gotten the Texas job because Shaka Smart's getting fired. That guy is on borrowed time. He's not a a power five. I can't believe he still has a job. I can't believe he still has a job at Texas. I also, by the way, would not have wanted Shaka Smart to coach Virginia Tech. So they're going to have some value in that. Like He was able to get them through a tournament and win games, and they, they played some teams along the way there. That's exciting if you're Virginia Tech. I don't know if that's exciting if you're Texas. Well, they can use that as it's moving in the right direction. Next year, he has to be in the tournament no matter what. If they're not in the tournament next year, he's fired. Yeah. And and by the way, wouldn't have wanted him to be my coach. Wouldn't have wanted... uh, I'm fine with Mike Young. There, I said I'm I'm okay with it. This time, I wouldn't have. Last time when we hired Buzz, I was wanting Shaka then because that's before Shaka went to Texas. But I just don't think he's adjusted. Buzz to was five. better than Shaka, though. I'd seen Buzz do well, it on a better stage. He proven to be. Yeah. But at that point, we didn't know that. I did, because he had taken Marquette on a deep run. Well, 
I was given some value for what he had done at VCU. Um, mm. As my opinion for Yon, there's been a lot of draws between him being a local guy, him uh, sitting in Castle Coliseum and, and watching those 70s teams with Bristow and all that. I like all that. That's nice and good, but it's only nice and good if we end up winning. If it's if we don't go anywhere with him, then, it, then I, it's not going to hold any weight. It's nice thought right now, but it means nothing. And there's a lot of draws to like similar as Beamer. And I think that can be good in some ways. That's and a lot some of bad pressure. So I, I want, I want the long-termness of Beamer. I want the lots of winning like Beamer had, but I want to be able to get over humps. I don't, I don't want to have a ceiling. Yeah. And I feel like we had that with Beamer um, from 2003 on. And I just don't ever want to get in that place with Yun. So uh, I hope I hope he takes the good things from Beamer and, and and that'll work well in Blacksburg. It's worked well before, but then there's got there's got to be maximum output. I'm not saying we're going to turn into what Duke and Michigan State are, but we need to uh, be in what UVA is, I think, is a legitimate thing contending for the ACC every year and seeing if we can make some like some maximize some runs out of that. Oh, my God. OK. Uh, you are a lot uh, more optimistic about this. You sound realistic, and then you have to end it with, I want to be like UVA. I want to... Hmm. If UVA could do it from how low they were, then I don't see why we can't. Okay. You're right. I know you're right in that standpoint. We I just... We are Michigan State. I'm putting us a level down because that's... that's I know, UVA is. I know. I'm trying to get a dig in there, but we aren't that. But we... But UVA is on the precipice of that. We were on the front end of something like that. Why? Why couldn't like if Buzz stayed, that's where our mindset would be. UVA is on the precipice of that. They've won multiple ACC titles and not a long time. They're starting to get to be that team that consistently is winning the ACC or very has very much has something to say about it. I'd like to get there and maybe that's dreaming too much. I but would like to I, win. I, I want to be a, headed in that direction. I would like to I win one be, ACC championship. I don't want our peak to be number four in the ACC. I agree. I would like to win one ACC championship before I start thinking about multiple. Well, yes, yes, but UVA was only there four years ago, five years ago. Like, but they built on I, it quick. In five years, if we're progressing, like I'm not this year, we are going to drop way back. Like we know we're not going to have the players, but four seeds should be like our regular and we should peak up ahead of that when we beat beat the other teams i don't it's optimistic whatever mike young's gonna need three years to get there but yeah yeah three years okay yeah um let's move on the tournament in his what third year second year third year third year okay well he was inheriting a two and whatever program from jamie johnson who was the worst hire we ever made what players are we bringing back? Like how much better players do we have on the roster? Our program is better. We're better. If we're two in something, I'm going to be upset. We're going to pull in better recruits because of what buzz did, but our talent on the roster is not going to be greatly better next year than what buzz started with. If we're two in something, I'm going to be upset. Yeah. I don't want to be two in something. Let's we move like on. I'm ACC teams period. Yeah. I'm done with, acceptable. I'm done with college basketball for, Good to know. know. Let's talk about spring sports, something we haven't done in like a month. Yeah. Um, Wilson is enjoying the calendar flip to spring. Um, They're having, yeah, they're great at boys tennis. They're leading the Shenandoah district by a mile. 
they are they're second in girls tennis, right behind East Rock. Softball's killing it for the Green Hornets. Baseball at the bottom half of the district, but boys soccer is third and girls soccer fourth. Yeah, Wilson overall in the district is having the best spring. I mean, they're just pretty good in everything. You know, they're not terrible in anything, and they're pretty good in a lot of things. So good for them doing that. Um, Wilson's having the best spring, East Rock, and then Page County. Those are the top three overall looking across the whole spring sports. So uh, that's what we have there. Um, Lehigh, kind of on the opposite end. They are kind of struggling through a lot. They're they're sitting in the bottom a lot of things. But – they have probably the most dominant team of any of these teams in soccer. And I got to view them last week. They're a really solid team. They're hurt. They're banged up, but that's a team that's looking to the playoffs, not looking at what uh, they have to do right now. They're looking at the playoffs and um, they're, uh, they have state tournament tournament on their mind, state championship as their goal. Uh, I mean, they should. I mean, we talked about this last year. They were a dominant team in soccer last year. They returned a lot, so you would naturally think that they're going to be back at that level. Uh, And no disappointment there from the soccer side for Ari Lee. Uh, Moving on to draft. Draft, again, like Ari Lee, not a lot to be happy about, but the thing to be happy about is their girls' soccer team, who is also undefeated, and they appear to be pulling away in that district. And you know what? Good luck to the Cougars on their girls soccer aspirations and hopefully uh, when this is when the spring season is over we're talking about a boys and a soccer state championship in the Shenandoah district that'd be awesome riverheads the baseball team seems like the highlight of their um all the sports that they have going on uh watch them for a little bit the other night uh they're they're a strong team they play page county who is undefeated in the district undefeated overall they play them up at page thursday night that's a very interesting game uh, Riverheads' only loss is a close one to East Rock up at East Rock. So I think uh, it's really going to probably come down to Page and Riverheads for that district. And then don't forget what Riverheads did last year. They won the state tournament last year. They were they're a solid team. They beat Harrisonburg twice already this year. They're a solid team, and I think they're going to have a lot to say in the postseason. Um, I'd also watch that softball team once they get into that 1A playoff um, kind of watch them for a few minutes the other night. They have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hitting on that team. I mean, they're knocking the ball all around. I know softball lends itself to that, but just watching them a little bit, it seemed like hitting was pretty easy for them uh, against a, a solid uh, team the other night that we were watching. So I would, I'd watch out for them once the tournament comes. I yeah, I also don't think the boys tennis team is hateful. I mean, I know they're oh, right no, now sitting solid. at third, but they're behind two pretty good. 2A teams uh, in yep. in the district. So, you know, that's the thing with Riverheads. You just, you never know until you, they get to the 1A playoffs on what they've got compared to the rest of those 1A well programs. They get well-tested, and that's, that's credit to all these other teams in the district. They get well-tested through the season that they're that much stronger come postseason. Um, Buffalo Gap, uh, they're a program that right now is not awful at a lot of things. They're not great at a lot of things. They're pretty middle of the road. Um, and right now you're looking at baseball, softball, girls, tennis as the best chances to make noise in the postseason. I think their baseball team could make a little bit of noise here and, and probably have their chances to knock off a Riverheads or, or Page County when the time comes. Um, but also in the same sense, they, they might not. So I, I just think they'll make some noise and, uh, you know, maybe see what they can do in the postseason. I, I think they're strong there in baseball. That girls tennis team, 
again, they have hard teams ahead of them, just kind of like we were saying with the boys' sense for Riverhead. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do uh, once everything wraps up. And then plus tennis kind of operates, you know, you have your, your team abilities, but, you know, they're – they have their top girls are pretty good out there at Buffalo Gap. So it'd be really interesting to see what they can do on the individual side. Fort and Waynesboro, both uh, relying on their tennis programs for success. Fort will be hoping for girls tennis success. Waynesboro, they're going to rely more on the boys side. Yeah. And uh, that's their, you know, Fort's last year in the, the um, uh, Valley district there, they're going to be coming to the Shenandoah and, you know, when people talk about forts move to the Shenandoah, I hear a lot about these um, spring sports and soccer and tennis and um, baseball, how good they're going to be in the Shenandoah there. They're not coming in with a whole lot of momentum there, but it'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see how what they've done in the Valley District translates across the board, much less just spring sports uh, for Fort Defiance. All right, Lena, let's pivot now to Major League Baseball. The Baltimore Orioles, uh, they were off to a hot start there at the beginning of the year. It cooled off a little bit, but I'm telling you, I'm not insanely disappointed in how the Orioles are looking. They're trailing right now, uh, one nothing as we speak to the Oakland A's. But they're as we as we record, they're 500. Uh, at five and five, and really, I think they would be seven and five, uh, seven and three, excuse me, if it wasn't for their bullpen costing them two games against the Yankees at Camden Yards. The New York Yankees have the Yankees have not impressed me, and the Boston Red Sox are downright terrible in the AL East. Uh, it's still, it's still early for both of those teams. I know people want to put them in the grave. You but... can't win a division in April, but you can lose it, and Boston is well on their way to doing it. Uh, uh, I, I hear you, but I would just be shocked in July if this conversation has that much relevance. Okay, there's, but here's the so thing. Up there. They, have a, they have pitching, so I just think it's going to come together for them. Uh, yeah, but you can't. I mean, look at the Rays. The Rays are a good team, and I knew the Rays were going to be a good team before the season, and they're proving me right. Yeah, and I did. think the Red Sox, it's not just, oh, well, we can catch the Yankees. Okay, that's you better. But I think one of those teams might miss out on the playoffs just because of how slow their starts are right now. That's a valid point, and you can't afford that. You just don't want to be the last team to get it go, to get it going there uh, since the Yankees have joined them down there. And Boston has I some just, chemistry issues. They have some real head cases on that team. David Price in particular. I think they won the darn World Series last year, and their foot's not on the gas, and eventually they're going to get it going. I, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I just, I just don't see them not being a non-factor down the stretch of this season. I'm not. I, obviously, I, I think they've probably ruined it for them to be a runaway division winner or something like that. But I just think they're going to be in the middle of it here in July. I think David Price is a psychopath, and I think he is going to kill that franchise <laughs> this year. Um, to go back to the Orioles just briefly, I want to talk about uh, Chris Davis set the record for most at bats without a hit from a position player. He's O for his last 49. Um, he'll probably hit O for 50, I'm sure. I could have done that. Um, look, I haven't had a lot of nice things to say about Chris Davis in the recent memory. Um, I will say this. His game last night was his best game of the year so far at the plate. His first three at-bats were all hard-hit line drives. The one that gave him sole possession of the record, I thought might actually leave the yard. It was a line drive to the track in left field, and the guy just happened to catch it. I mean, it just died. Um, so I felt a little bad for him there. But 
Chris Davis is a solid defender, and that's the only reason he's still on this team. It's not worth his contract, but that's the only reason he's on this team. I think because of his defense, I think the Orioles will give him a little more leeway and hope the bat comes along. Um, But the bullpen has to be better. These young kids, I mean, look, I think the Orioles are still going to be last place. I don't think the, well, maybe. uh, It'll be between them and the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays also look like a dumpster fire. But... I don't think the Orioles are going to be a 100-loss team this year. Uh, watching what they've done here early on has given me enough hope that they can carry this on. And I think part of it is because there's no loafers on this team. I like Adam Jones. He did a lot for this team. But he would swing at every pitch thrown in the same zip code as Camden Yards. And he would jog down to first base a lot. And I had a problem with that. You don't see that with these guys. These guys are all young. They're trying to prove that yeah, they're actual... Yeah, they're trying to prove they're actual Major League Baseball players. And I think that has a lot to do with some of the effort you see. And as a fan, when I know my team's going to be bad, I guess that's just what I want. I want to see them try. And I, that's what I'm seeing from this team. It's it's invigorating. So, they're 5-5. Five and five. So give me a win count. They're 5-5 five and five right now. Uh, look, I'd say somewhere between 65 and 70 would be ideal. Okay. that You're... You're not crazy, so that's fine. I mean, if you would have tried to tell me 80, then I would have said no. you're crazy. So Yeah, they're not going to be 500. Yeah. All right, the Pirates, same as a lot of teams in the league, bad bullpen. It's cost them three of their four losses. Uh, then the other loss was a whooping by the Cubs. The Cubs haven't started great. They're scoring runs. They're just not winning. Um, <laughs> we'll see if the bats stay hot. The law of percentages would make me think, Hey, they're going to stop scoring so many runs that worries me about their ability to turn it around. Uh, it seems like they're losing their patience with Joe Madden there. That's what some of the baseball guys are saying. I don't know. After you, after you get that team a world series, I think you have a little more leeway than that, but I think Joe Madden probably wears on people. So maybe he doesn't. And, uh, that's probably the, one of the bigger stories to watch right now to see if the Cubs do turn it around. And if they don't, what the reaction with Madden is. Yeah, um, I, I think the quirky, goofy stuff is fine when you're winning, but when you're losing, I think it becomes annoying. So yep. um, I think that's what's going on in Chicago right now. The Nats, the other local team, they're a, a game under 500, and they that have the bullpen. same they yeah. have the same problems they always have. I don't know how they do it, but their bullpen is diseased. I mean, bad luck. And I, I will say that whole Bryce coming back from the Phillies thing. Bryce had a good first night there. They're going to play that guy a lot. And, uh, you know, we both listen to Tony Kornheiser and they kind of wrote like Tony tries to say, well, Bryce has won that battle for the year just because of one good night. I disagree strongly with that, but it wasn't the best way to start when Bryce is out there smacking a huge Homer after they've already beat you on that first night. But I also have no faith that Bryce Harper is going to keep up that kind of act in Philadelphia. And I don't think that team is destined for some world series title this year by any means. Hmm. Okay. You brought up Bryce. So I'm going to talk about it. Um, I don't have a problem with bat flips. I don't have a problem with admiring your work when you smoke one out of the yard, but his like Forrest Gump wave on second base, his bowing to the fans and taunting the fans kind of, I did have a problem with that, and I would fully endorse the Washington Nationals unofficially, officially putting a fastball right between his numbers 
the next time they play in DC. I mean, I'm, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I I, I, I found that to be uh, I found that to be not like celebratory, but cocky and arrogant. And I don't think that has a place. I like when a kid when a guy smokes a home run and flips his bat. That's I'm cool with that. If if the pitcher didn't want him to bat flip, then they'll give up the home run. But the the Forrest Gump wave and the bowing and the taunting of the fans and stuff, I had a real problem with that. Fair enough. I, I don't have an argument against that. I just it, 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 I'm glad it's local because it'll be an interesting story to watch as since they play each other so many times. It'll just be interesting that we get to revisit those feelings so often. All right, let's talk about NASCAR real quick before we get out to uh, of this segment. Uh, Bristol race happened. Kyle Busch won. That sounds Again. familiar. Yeah. Uh, your boy Menard with a sixth place finish. That's awesome. Yeah, smart pit move by the Wood Brothers there. Kept him out, and he was able to get a sixth place finish. Bubba finished 20th. I, I don't know why I keep talking about him. Hey, the local boy Huff, he finished 32nd. Another race finished. Uh, he's not tearing up cars. Uh, you know, hopefully he can improve his race team and all that situation in the years to come. Uh, but, uh, I'm always just glad to see him out there running. I mean, it's a kid from Weir's cave running in NASCAR on the biggest stage. I just think that's cool as crap. All right. Uh, good for him. Richmond night, <laughs> Richmond night race next week. And, uh, that's always an interesting race. Uh, one thing real quick, they re shuffled the whole, um, NASCAR schedule. And, uh, if you, ha- if you're not aware of that, because, I know, like me, I, I kind of care about NASCAR, but I don't really see a lot of information about it. You have to look at the the adjustments they made to the schedule because it's pretty interesting how they shuffled everything up. I just wanted to kind of give that call out so people knew things changed. I can't, I'm not going to recite the whole thing right now, uh, but, you know, it's not the Richmond race isn't the last one before the playoff anymore and stuff like that. There's just a lot of cool changes. All right, well, we'll go ahead and step aside. When we come back, it'll be time to get personal. All right, back here for the personal side of the Exports podcast every week. Uh, what's dominating my life? What's dominating my life? What will dominate my life this weekend? And I know you're not going to join me on it, but I love the Masters. It's it's the, I'm not saying the beginning of spring for me. I think opening day for baseball is the beginning of spring, but it's like spring is here. Good weather is here when the Masters is on the TV. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to it being a competitive field. I, I like Tiger Woods. I was a big fan of him. Um, that, you know, has gone away and there's other good golfers there. Tiger's back to being competitive, but it's not Tiger versus the field anymore, which I think is more interesting to watch for me, but I do know Tiger brings the eyeball. So it's not really what PGA wants necessarily. I look for Dustin Johnson, not necessarily the, um, a plus dude out there, but I look for Dustin Johnson to have a good week this week. Uh, but I do think any, any one of those young guys went in would be cool. Um, but uh, it seems like Dustin Johnson, it might, might be his time. Okay. Okay. That's, that's your golf coverage, uh, from Joe. Okay. <laughs> You're going to have similar coverage for what is dominating my life is the champions league quarterfinals kicking off today. Liverpool brought home a two nil win against Porto, which was much needed uh, as they get ready to head to Porto for the second leg. This was a much needed two nil win to give them a leg up. I know Tottenham beat Manchester city. That's Rob's team. Um, So his team is going to enter that second leg a goal behind, but I think they'll be okay. 
Okay. Yep. What do you know that I need to know? It's NHL playoff time. Awesome. This is where all the emotional chips will lie now. Well, not yep. all of them because I have a lot on Liverpool, but the remaining emotional chips will be placed on the Washington Capitals. I'd say about 60-40 in favor of Liverpool. Um, but 40% to the Caps. Uh, I don't think they're going to repeat. I just don't want them to get embarrassed. They play the Carolina Hurricanes next. They're going to sweep the maybe a gentleman's sweep of five games, but it's going to be quick. The Carolina Hurricanes are not a threat. And really, I think the Capitals won't run into a major challenge until the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. If they get past them, boy, I'm going to convince myself that it's destiny to repeat. Um, but like Barber said in our interview with him, uh, it's hard to do. It is. It is. I thought it was interesting that video that I saw when Carolina clinched the uh, playoffs for the first time in so long. I think it was 2009. And that just doesn't it doesn't warrant the so long comment and the videos of everybody's crying and hugging. I get celebrating being the playoffs. You haven't been in the playoffs for a while. High fives and yay. But the cry, like the emotional reaction I was seeing in this one video I saw. So maybe it was just the five people that were this way in the stands. Yeah, we're talking about 10 years. We're talking Damn. about 10 years. That's it. Yes, that's it. I mean, if you're crying over 10 years, get out. How about that? Get out. I I agree. Like, don't blink because you're going to miss your playoffs. The teams I've been a fan of. Yeah, don't (laughs) blink because you're going to miss your team in the playoffs, ending the drought because they're going to be out of it in a hot minute. Yeah. When I saw that video, it made me want to sweep them even more. I just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. I, I, I'm generally a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. I did root for the Capitals last year because I'm just not that huge a hockey fan, and I thought. Damn, I'd like everybody around me that roots for the Capitals to be happy for once. The Penguins have had plenty of excitement, but I'm back to true blue Penguins fan again this I year. I will so you never root me. for the Penguins. And Here's the beautiful thing about round two for I'm the Capitals. I'm just not that big a rival. I, just don't, I understand the rivalry there. I'm just, I'm not there with hockey. Here's the beautiful thing about round two with the Caps. Either you get the Penguins, who are your rival that you play every year in the playoffs, and it's great to knock them out. Uh, or you get the Islanders and Barry Trotz, who left us <laughs> for New York Islanders. That. That's who we get. We could get in round two, and it would be great to rub his face in it too. And I hope Tom Wilson just totally wrecks <laughs> one of his players right in front of him and blows that him a kiss. That is very interesting. Or, or you could be sitting at home and uh, watch yeah, Carolina. Hilarious, do it. hilarious. <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes maybe win a game. Maybe. All right. What I got for what you need to know, and I, I had my thoughts and different stuff. I can't say it any better than what Patrick Height did. He had an incredible uh, write-up uh, in a couple weeks ago um, about a former Lee player and, and his life since playing at Lee, and, and, and it talked about his time at Lee, and it talked about events that really altered the trajectory of his life. I have my comments I haven't been able to put words to him. I wish I was on last week because I would have talked about it then a little closer when this article came out. Make sure you go read this article. Um, you know, pe- the the newspaper was out getting awards last week uh, for writings they've done in the last year. Next year, he's going to win an award for this because it's just a really well done piece. I know he's really proud of it. I know how much effort Patrick put into it. He's a friend of the show. He'll be on. Uh, maybe we'll have him on sometime soon to talk about this more. But I, I can't 
I don't want to retell a story. I think he presents it in such a great way in the article. I just want to make sure you go read that uh, so you know what I know about uh, this guy from from Stanton and then his, his life journey. That's, it's not been all great uh, for sure. And uh, really some of the big events in your life that can really send you uh, in a different direction. So I just want to make sure everybody goes and reads that. And uh, maybe we'll revisit with actually Patrick at some point. Uh, but there's my recommendation. Uh, we'll make sure we tweet it out. Yeah. Um, we also want to make sure changing Shifting uh, <laughs> roughly here. Hey, the tournament ended. The challenge ended. We already talked about Jeff Wright winning the thing. Um, he was sitting in good place even before UVA won, but UVA won put him over the top. Uh, Rob Stenzel finished second. Angela Mickens finished third. Leland finished fourth. That, that's a good guy there. Uh, Gibbs finished fourth, tied with me. I think you know him. That's Ryan. Yeah, this guy was on last week. Um, and then, uh, then down wrapping up the end, we have the, the, the trio, the, uh, the press box trio of Joe deck, Tom Jacobs and Cody Elliott. If that's a Friday night football game, press box, that's a fun time, but that's the bottom of this year's bracket, uh, pool for her. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the hot boys. Let's find us an IHOP. That's where we're going, Rob and Leland. I just want you to know right now. Uh, we're we going had this to the separate hop. bet there with Rob about whoever lost had to pay for dinner, uh, but you got to choose where you go. Joe just Joe just called it. We're going to IHOP. I love it. Um, yeah, and again, uh, congratulations to Rob being second, Angela third, but congrats to Jeff on winning again. Yeah. Um, he Jeff, was sitting good before UVA won. I mean, like it did wasn't just because of the champion. I guess he would have finished second if uh, UVA didn't win. But well, he had a good looking bracket. Yeah, and look, we look forward to bringing Jeff on uh, in a few weeks. And you know, Jeff, I know whatever he wants. I know wants. we're negative about UVA a lot, <laughs> but the fact that Leland and I talk about UVA as much as we do and make fun of them as much as we do should let should be an indicator that at least you matter. So <laughs> that's a good point. We wouldn't that's be joking and we wouldn't be running UVA down if we didn't think they mattered. So there's that. You could be Old Dominion. Old Dominion beat us in football. And outside of that, we haven't talked about it. <laughs> that's a pretty good point, too. It shows the rivalries alive. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it was a good. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad my, you know, strong illness is over. Yeah. Way to downplay <laughs> it. Um <laughs> so make sure you like, follow us on Twitter, like and comment on Facebook. Tell us, did we do a good job propping UVA up this time? Did Leland and I keep the negativity out for the most part, or did we fail again, our local UVA fan base? Uh, be sure to share it. And again, uh, if you have any topics or things that you would like us to talk about that we're not talking about local or otherwise, hit us up on the Twitter and Facebook Again, we're on Facebook, Yak Sports Podcast, on Twitter, at Yak Sports Pod. Until next week, folks, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.